Popular Ukrainian group Tin Sonsial with a song called Yikale Kozakia, Riding Cossacks. And uh, it's a story that goes back uh, to many years, centuries, when the Cossacks were riding into war on horseback. And uh, unfortunately, that story is still continues today. They're riding now on more modern equipment. But nonetheless, uh, they are still riding into war. Tin Sonsia with Yikale Kozakia. Dobri vecher, vitaju vas vsih na radio programu Naš Holos, radio Krinskoho Korinja. Kotra podjeci vam, jak svečajno, na pohatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB v Vancouveri i pomaraži PCJ radio Mižnorodnemu. Pri mikrofoni pa vinoma kori, djakuju ščori šele prebute zimnoju nastupnu hodenu. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula Demchuk-McQuarrie, Pukarinska Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great program lined up for you. We've got a book review on Ukrainian Jewish heritage, and this is a fascinating story of uh, two young children, one Ukrainian, one Jewish, and that is a recent book released by Marsha Forchuk-Skrupuch called Trapped in Hitler's Web. As well, we've got Catherine Olga Cook with Ukraine War Amps Heroes and the heartwarming and heartbreaking story of another one of Ukraine's heroes who was injured at Luhansk during the recent war. As well, we've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And uh, coming up next is something uh, brand new, just released, uh, was, first appeared um, at the virtual Ukrainian festival taking place in Montreal, which is what all festivals have been doing this past year. And uh, this is a group from Montreal called Previt. They've been around a long time. Uh, they released a couple of albums. The last one was about 12 years ago, and uh, so they're about to release a new one, and uh, this is a number from that upcoming album, hopefully um, out next month. But uh, for now, we have this song, which debuted again at the Virtual Montreal Ukrainian Festival a couple of weeks ago, and uh, here they are. Roman, Marko, and Irena singing lyrics by Ukrainian poet Lina Kostenko and music by Privitz Marko Bednarchuk. Here they are with Lina Kostenko's Spring Torrent, Vchas Vesnyanoho Roslevu.
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada, which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook.
couple of songs for you there about a site that's pretty common this time of year on the west coast um the mist um a couple of songs from oh digging back into the audio archives that was dumka you just heard from their um, album uh, vinyl album soundscapes and that was called tumanyarum mist in the ravine and before them was Chetamshena from their um, album best of Chetamshena, and that was rosidesia tumanoshko the mist and we're going to pick up the pace a little bit, still keeping on the theme of uh, weather, uh, fall weather on the west coast of uh, Canada, North America, I guess, at least this part. Here is Harim Band from the other part of North America and the continent and the border. <laughs> they are from New York. And here they are with Bila Kamara, Chora White Clouds and Dark Clouds. <laughs> Not what 
For a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. In this edition of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, we will be discussing Marsha Forchuk's Skripuk's novel, Trapped in Hitler's Web. Trapped in Hitler's Web is a novel about the plight of young Ukrainian workers sent to Germany during World War II. Ukraine was trapped between Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. Some of the most dangerous battles of the war were fought between the Nazis and the Soviets on Ukrainian land. Nazis needed workers to feed and equip their armies, so they kidnapped people and brought them to the Reich by force, where they were brutally worked and starved 
sometimes to death. Twelve-year-old Maria Feduk and her best friend Nathan, who is Jewish, flee their village of Viterec. Nazis are murdering Jews. Nathan pretends to be Bohdan Savchuk, a Ukrainian boy who had been killed by the Soviets. Their plan is to work for the Germans. They will send money back to their families and save Nathan's life in the process. They are given work permits to go to the Huber farm in Austria, but on the way to Innsbruck, Nathan is taken by Nazi soldiers to work on building a bridge in Salzburg. Meanwhile, Maria arrives at the farm. She soon discovers that the work is very hard and the food is strictly rationed. Frau Huber must run the farm alone. Both her husband and her son Otto are fighting for the German army on the Russian front near Stalingrad. Her daughter Sophie is busy being a Hitler girl. She has been brainwashed to believe Nazi propaganda. Maria's friendship with fellow worker Bianca makes her difficult life a bit more bearable. She spends most of her waking hours longing to return to her mother and sister Hrysia in Ukraine. She is also desperate to find out what happened to Nathan. The days are long, the work is hard, and the food is scarce. Despite the fact that Frau Huber tries to treat her workers well, the German managers are very cruel. How will Maria survive? Will she ever see Nathan again? Will her family survive Hitler's web? This is a very well-written story about the fate of Ukrainian workers in the Third Reich. Twelve-year-old Maria Feduk is a strong and resilient character who learns to live with cruelty and uncertainty in very challenging circumstances. The fact that she has sacrificed her own well-being to save the life of her Jewish friend Nathan is admirable. As she navigates the dangers of Hitler's web, she discovers that the world is full of kind people, even in a time of war. Readers will learn about how the civilian German population felt about Hitler and the Third Reich. They will also learn about the untenable position of Ukraine in World War II. As it is caught between two opposing armies, the Nazis and the Soviets. Both armies wanted to subjugate the nation. Little did we know back then that the Nazis were worse than the Soviets. Skripuk has a powerful message for our own society. This was a chilling exploration of how a seemingly civilized society could transform itself into something utterly evil. For Skripuk, writing Trapped in Hitler's Web, was a deeply personal experience. Her husband's father, the late John Skripuk, lived in Ukraine not far from Maria and Nathan's village. In 1941, 19-year-old John traveled to the Reich to become a farm worker. He was emaciated and sick when he arrived at a refugee camp at the end of the war. Marsha Forchuk Skripuk became a librarian after completing her master's degree in library science, but her dream was to become a writer. In 1996, she published her first book, 
Silver Threads. She has not stopped writing since then. She has won numerous awards for her work and was awarded the Order of Princess Olha by Ukraine's President Yushchenko. Marsha's novel, Making Bows for Hitler, won the Silver Birch Award in 2013 and was on the 2014 shortlist for the Kobzad Literary Award. Skripuch's Underground Soldier was a finalist for the 2016 Kobzad Literary Award. More recently, her book Adrift at Sea won the 2018 Golden Oak Award, and Too Young to Escape won the 2019 BC Red Cedar Information Book Award. Marcia strongly believes in the power of the written word. She tells readers in the author's note of Trapped in Hitler's Web that reading opens up the door to empathy, letting each of us walk in the shoes of someone else and letting us feel what it's like to be them. I can't think of a more powerful tool for creating good and for making sure that history doesn't repeat itself than discovering empathy through books. Trapped in Hitler's Web is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. I'm Myra Jenik in Toronto for Nash Hollis Ukrainian Roots Radio. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver.
and keeping with an autumn theme that was Olya Chudoba Fritz from also from the east coast of the United States and that was a song called Osine Lest Autumn Leaves. Up next uh, Ukrainian soldiers singing about the war that is that Russia is waging on Ukraine right now once again. It is called Oi Uluzi Pidon Basum in the meadow in Donbass. Ой, Welcome to Ukraine War Amps Heroes, a series of stories about hope, patriotism, and courage. These stories are created out of a spirit of caring and support for Ukrainian defenders of freedom fighting Russia's aggression against Ukraine. Jean Berezelsky of Ukraine War Amps brings us the people behind these inspiring stories of triumph over adversity. Stories made possible by the generous supporters of Ukraine War Amps. There's much going on in the world today, and we don't hear the half of it on the mainstream news. Certainly, Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine gets scant attention, let alone the atrocities being committed in it. Toronto-based Ukraine War Amps is doing tremendous work to help the victims of this senseless, vicious war, wounded Ukrainian soldiers, and the families of those who perished. 
Catherine Olga Cook from the state of Maine in the United States is a volunteer with Ukraine War Amps and has spent much time on the front lines of this war. She has met many heroes and their families to help them reclaim their lives. Previously, she has told us about Vadim, who was captured and tortured by the Russian military, and about Stanislav, who survived the battle at Avdiivka but suffers from the after-effects. Today, Catherine will share the story of Valeria, and he's from Kharkiv, yeah. and uh, he was wounded yeah. in, in the early years of the war in uh, Luhansk, which is now occupied by Russia. So tell us his story. Well, when I first met him, we took uh, the train to Kharkov and was met by Valeria and his friend, and just an open, unassuming man. It looks like maybe in his 40s, gray beard, and then I watched him walk, and he has a prosthesis on his right arm and his right leg. Oh, dear. Um, yes. He uh, arranged for an excursion in Kharkov to show me the history, the buildings, because it was the capital of Ukraine and the Soviet Union, so there's much history there, um, good and bad, invaded and kept by the Nazis for many years during the Second War. And then, of course, after that, it became a real hot spot for dissidents and the KGB and many things. Valeria initially showed me what looked like a town office, a big building on the square. And he goes, see, that is where the Russian Secret Service used to live during my youth. And that's when my uncle went and he was executed. And it's like the way he said it was like, oh, okay. And then he took me to um, grave sites and different memorials of just hard life for people. You know, there was nothing cheerful about this place at all. Oh, so so just matter-of-factly, he just his uncle was executed. It was matter-of-fact, <laughs> yes. And, you know, during this time, I expressed my sympathy and everything, and it was just like, it was a phrase I've heard over and over again in Ukraine. What? That's life. And then I remember my grandmother used to say that, too where Westerners would say, oh, how tragic, how horrible. It was like, that's life. Mm. And they'd go on to the next thing. So I was a guest at his home, a very old little flat in Kharkov, mm. and was met there by two small children and his wife. Wonderful, a nice, humble little apartment, but it was so full of love and, of course, so full of food, like, all of those homes are when they're expecting a guest. Always, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the table, yeah, it's just filled in every little spot. But, yeah, so proud to do this. Yeah. And we spoke about the war amp who was helping Valeria since he got hurt in Luhansk. He had a letter that day and he showed me that after this was just over a year since he was injured, he um, showed me the letter where he's entitled to the equivalent of $150 a month oh. for him and his family. And so the Ukraine War Amps helped him a great deal just with basic things, food and clothing for these children. Yeah. And that evening we talked a lot with limited language skills and Google Translate. <laughs> he told me about his family. His family had been in that region of Ukraine for generations. And he told me, oh, that's pictures. That's my great-grandfather. He was a coachman. 
And he goes, and that's my great grandmother, his wife, and she was a witch. And I thought, what? <laughs> and she was the woman that made tea and things that people used to come to, you know, for special ailments or love potions and all this kind of thing. And I thought, wow, this is getting really interesting. So, I am seeing wow. a life. Yeah. Not just a life now, but generations of it. Yeah. So she was like a herbalist or something. Oh, yeah. What we would call yeah. now, what we would call now, a, you know, natural yes. healer. Right. Let's hope she didn't involve herself in any evil things. I doubt <laughs> it. Or the family probably wouldn't have been so unfortunate. Probably. <laughs> and then he mentioned his other um, grandmother that survived the famine and what that part of uh, Ukraine was like during the famine. And yeah. he was just so matter of fact. And all of a sudden, it's like that life seemed to make sense to me. You know, when tragic things happen, you know, that's life. And I find myself thinking that way as well. It's like a switch went on. And I understood Ukrainians that I met and continue to meet so much better because they are so strong that they accept what happens and they move on. And yeah. Valeria, I asked, I asked him for a picture and I was hoping just his, his shirt uniform with me because they all still have the uniforms. Oh. And he put it on. He went into the bedroom and put on his whole uniform for a picture with me. Oh. And you could see this strong man stood straight. And, I mean, his terrible, terrible injuries. And this man was still so proud of himself and of his country, fellow soldiers, and most definitely his family. His little girl wakes up early in the morning before she goes to school because she is the one that helps him strap on these old-fashioned prosthesis, his arm and his leg. And she does that for her dad every morning. How old is she? She was about 10, 10 oh. or 11. Yeah, she helps her dad. And her, his son is younger. And I slept uh, sharing a room with his son when I was there. And every morning they woke me with kisses, just like a relative. Oh. And it was just such a welcoming, wonderful family. And what he has done and how he represents his country, a wounded soldier like that, it's just his attitude, his demeanor is just so gentle and wonderful. And like I say, if it weren't for Ukraine Orient, I don't know what situation this family would be in because he's had to fight for every little bit of, of help he can get. Mm. And when I left, he wouldn't accept money from me and I left under his his teapot for, and with a note saying this is for your family oh. because again they don't expect anything and when I left at the train station he said that he has a new friend now and thinking of him this week and I wanted to speak of him I have contacted him this week and we've given messages back and forth and he still remembers like yesterday and, and so do I our visit because it was in such a to me Karko felt I always get feelings from places that it felt like a very dark place. You know, it's just not the people, but just the history is yeah. very, very heavy. You know, lots of blood shed there, or you know, in that, oh, in that yeah. area over over centuries. So yeah. much. Yeah, but I am grateful to him for his friendship, and also he affirms my belief in people and the strong, you know, Ukrainian soul. And it, it just, it's just wonderful. 
and he taught me how to think in a different way. Oh, that's, that's life. That's Valeria. He taught me how to think in a different way in, as a as a, a Ukrainian, how to accept that, yeah, like you said, that's life. You know, yeah. Move on. Get stronger from your problems and move on. Well, these people are so impoverished in, in many ways, and they are, yeah. you know, they face so much adversity, but they overcome it in their spirit. They may still have struggles, you know, financially and um, everything else and with their health, but they, their spirit just shines through. Yes. Oh, yes. What is that old saying? They revamped it during Maidan, and they say Ukrainian will take many things they'll be pounded down on but once he gets down to his knees he springs up and he succeeds in everything and yeah these people i know it brings that phrase to mind yeah story of resilience yeah Mm. so two questions first of all that was in 2015 so you're still keeping in touch oh yes i feel very close to that man yes and so what are some of the things that, that Ukraine War Amps is helping to provide for his family and for him? Well, for basic necessities like, you know, food and clothing wow. for his, his children and his family. I don't know if he's adopted. He was, but I don't know if he's still an adopted soldier. But even if he's not, you can appeal to the War Amps and he usually finds some sort of help. Also, I would love him to be able to have the money to go to Poland where they have the good prosthesis. I've known soldiers who have done that because the ones in Ukraine are so old. Mm. They have to go somewhere else. Imagine strapping on an arm and a leg every day and functioning with it. And these big old thick straps, it's just hard. They would chafe and hurt. Yeah. Would it, is it possible with the travel st- restrictions uh, going on right now for medical reasons for him to cross the border to, into Poland to get medical treatment? Do you oh, know? Probably not right now, no. Yeah. And mm-hmm. money, it would take money. Yeah. I mean, train travel there for us is nothing, but for them it's quite a lot. Yeah. So it would help to, to donate. Yeah. I do know also this week one of his friends that he was in the war with has died, so that's hitting pretty hard too. So it's interesting that it's him I wanted to talk about, and I was able to reach out to him several times this week because, you know, of his loss. Oh. Yeah. These guys are stronger than family sometimes. Oh, sure. Well, they've been, yeah, they go through a lot, and it's... Yeah, it would yeah. be pretty intense bonding in, in such circumstances as they find themselves in, in a war. And you said it was Avdi- uh, it was not Avdiyevka's Luhansk, and that was pretty brutal there. Luhansk, oh yes, that was in the beginning, and that's where the actual towns and cities and villages were bombed. Indiscriminately, the bombs were put on civilians as well as the soldiers, and uh, that was one of the earlier battles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thankful that he sur- yeah. survived, albeit with uh, terrible, terribly maimed as, as he was. And it's wonderful yeah. to hear that, that Ukraine War Amps has been helping him at least, um, you know, fewer worries about putting food on the table and, uh, and providing for his family. So 
if he's not adopted um, right now through War Amps, that yeah. uh, somebody listening will will take it upon themselves to uh, to adopt him and continue to support his family and uh, hopefully help him to get to uh, the a clinic where he can get uh, proper prosthesis and and have a a little bit more mobility and um, just a nicer life. Yeah, could that be wonderful? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Catherine, for sharing Valeria's story and uh, these inspiring word pictures and, and stories of these incredible people and look forward to hearing the story of your next hero in our next episode. So thank you again. All the best to you. Thank you very much. Join us again soon for another episode of Ukraine War Amps Heroes, a series of inspiring stories of hope, patriotism, and courage made possible by the generous supporters of Ukraine War Amps. Find out more about their work by visiting their website, ukrainewaramps.ca, or follow them on Facebook and Twitter. What is this? This is geopolitics. Who is this? There's a murders and killers. This is war. This is war. Through the years, we have sought our freedom, never more, we'll lose our chances, never more, never more. And we will not surrender, have no other good solutions, illusions. This is not a civil This is our struggle for independence And we can't give up and we must stop our enemies Just try to understand us We don't want to kill or shoot no one We just want to live in peace forever All we need is love and have some fun This is not a game, this is not the next level
our struggle for independence, and we can't give up, and we must stop our enemies. Just try to understand us. We don't wanna kill or shoot no one. We just wanna live in peace forever. From Ukraine, that was Boris Stevastyanov with Tsevina, This is War. Up next, a um, song that sort of relates to that whole repeating story, Mickey and Bunny with Kolesa Krutitsya. Wheel turns. Tylko dzidłą że i minul, jak ja zamieszkał na mleni. Kolesa krucia i ta minaicia, minie czudno. Listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver here on AM 1320 CHMB and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nashholos.com to get transcripts, transcripts and archived audio files, a link to the Nash Holos podcast, and information about the show. There's also a link there on our to our Patreon site where you can support our work if you like. Nizhami vzhiskin chila nashu programu vzhichastu doma vizkazate do pabachinia, ale peritem yo khochu zalashu devasta kemi slovami mudrostia. Lea pravde, spravodlivoste, koleste kemusiet, drohu vichinete. And our proverb of the week translates as, sooner or later a path must be made for truth and justice. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program, so we'll wrap things up with the female beat, and the hot kolomeka. I'm Pavlina, on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening, and Dobranich!
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.